Good afternoon and happy Sunday, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of Sporting Chance. I am your host, Tim Haladic, and today we're going to be talking some NFL football. That's right, get ready. It's Sunday. You've been waiting all week for this. Time to get down and dirty and start playing some games. But before that happens, I'd like to talk about a few of them, at least a little bit. Carolina-Seattle is one game that caught my attention. And over the past few years, they've played each other multiple times, and Seattle has had Carolina's number, for lack of a better word. Cam Newton has not performed well against Seattle in the past, and that obviously has contributed to Seattle's fantastic defense that they have. But this year, Seattle's defense has been a little lackluster. They're 2-3 and three coming into this game, off an overtime loss to Cincinnati that they very well could have won and been 3-2 and two instead. Seattle is first in rushing yards per game, which might be a surprise because Marshawn Lynch hasn't been active very much. He hasn't had his prototypical or his Marshawn-like year. But he's been on the injured list, and Thomas Rawls has been taking over for him. Seattle's 26th in passing yards per game, and part of that might be lack of getting Jimmy Graham involved in the game. Jimmy Graham has had 21 receptions this year for a little over 200 yards, and the last two years when he was in New Orleans, he averaged 85 receptions and 1,000 yards per year. So if you multiply it out and get a... Average a full season. If he was in Seattle, Jimmy Graham would get would have, would have 63 receptions and around 700 yards. That for a talent for a guy that talented, I don't think you can have that because he's just he's basically Gronk. He's not quite as a force as Gronk, but boy can the boy can he play. He's just and I think 21 receptions so far is just not a winning recipe. Now Carolina, Carolina's four and zero. They're coming off a bye week. They're fourth in rushing yards per game, led by Jonathan Stewart and also Cam Newton, second on the team in rushing. But they're 29th in passing yards per game. And Cam Newton has his number one receiver on the depth chart is Ted Ginn. And no disrespect to Ted Ginn, but he cannot be your number one receiver if you want to win. It just it can't happen. Greg Olson has the most receptions with 17. 17. Brandon Marshall got 21 in one game once, and obviously that's an outlier, but that just shows you what type of weapons Cam Newton's working with. And Greg Olson's a fine tight end, but he can't be your number one. He's not that talented. He's, he's a great tight end, but he's no Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez that could literally drive your offense. And Carolina's past against Seattle has not been good. They have it's Last year they lost in the divisional round to Seattle after Cam Chancellor had a fumble return for a touchdown that game. And Cam Chancellor's return is another point I wanted to get to because since he has come back, Seattle has looked a lot better than they did before he was there. His ability to make plays and just really put the boom in the Legion of Boom is what separates him from other players, notably other safeties, in the league. Ultimately, I think this will be a close game. I see Seattle taking the victory 21 17. 
I don't think it's going to be a barn burner by any stretch of the imagination. I think both of these defenses are fantastic. Luke Keekley's coming back after missing the past few games. And I think it'll be it'll be 21-17 victory for Seattle. Now on to the Sunday night game, which I'm sure has more than just the average fan pumped up. New England versus Indy. The Deflategate rematch. What are we going to see from this game? Well, I'll tell you right away. I think it'll be a Patriots win. But as far as the game, New England's 4-0 coming off a win over Dallas. They are first in passing yards per game. Tom Brady's been having a fantastic year. You can't say enough about how he's responded to what happened in the offseason. However, they're rushing, the Patriots' rushing yards, they only are, they're only 23rd in rushing yards per game which they're 4-0, so you can't complain too much, but perhaps it's something to work on in the future. But when you have Tom Brady, I guess you don't really need to run. Since Luck has arrived and become a member of the Colts, the Patriots have dominated them with wins, three wins over 40 points in the past four times they've played them. The Patriots offense is also first in points per game. They're averaging the most points, and, they, and they're doing it in a really impressive fashion with the way that they're driving down the field on teams, with, which seems like sometimes they can't be stopped. Now, Indy, Indy is an interesting team to me because they're 3-2, they're and two, coming off a win over Houston, which their last two wins actually have been quarterbacked by Matt Hasselbeck, a 40-year-old veteran. And honestly, Indy hasn't looked good. Even with those two wins, they have not looked like a team that is expected to compete for the AFC Championship. They are 24th in the league in rushing yards per game and 15th in the league in passing. And if you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback, like I said, I know he missed the past two games, but if you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback, that number has got to be higher than 15. They're 24th in scoring offense which means if you're, you're not scoring points, you're not going to win the game. And in general, since Andrew Luck has come, Indianapolis has a very poor record versus the Patriots. The reason I think that they're interesting is because Andrew Luck, and he, he's the ultimate wild card. Because you saw when, after Peyton Manning was injured, the year he was injured, the Colts went 2-14. and 14. Now, that's a pretty awful team. They got Andrew Luck, and their, their, team, their record almost switched around. It was unbelievable how just one player could switch a team that much. And because it's the quarterback, it's the most important position of sports, bar none, if you don't have a good quarterback, there's no way you're going to be able to field the winning team. And Indianapolis is certainly proof of that with the decade of Peyton Manning and then their one losing season without a quarterback and then suddenly Andrew Luck falls into their laps and they're back into relevancy once more. Just Andrew Luck is just so, so important to that team, and I think that their flaws are highlighted when he's not there. And I think Peyton Manning, with some of the teams he quarterbacked, people don't realize how, how many deficiencies they had because he wouldn't allow them to be shown. He would just march down the field and score, and it didn't matter what the defense was doing or what even other people on the offense were doing. He would find a way to make it work. And I think a quarterback like that, which I think Andrew Luck can potentially become, is very important and can switch your whole season around. 
as far as the score goes, I honestly see New England not having a very difficult time with this one. I'm going to say 38-14. to 14. I don't think that Indianapolis' offense will have much success at all, despite what I just said about Andrew Luck. I don't think it's just their, their past performance against the Patriots has been so dismal and so uninspiring that there's no reason for me to think it's going to change in this game. And we all know what the Patriots are playing for, what type of emotional firepower they have at their reserve. They know even if they're up 25, 30 points, they're not going to keep going. They're going to keep stepping on the gas because they're just going to think how miserable their offseason was made by the accusations that were made by the Indianapolis Colts. Now I'm going to talk about the Monday night game. I think... Well, obviously enough, Monday night games are usually a highlight, but I think this game is particularly important for a few reasons. You have the New York Giants, who are 3-2, and two, coming off a win over San Francisco last Sunday night. And they're 7th in the league in passing yards per game and 26th in rushing yards per game. And honestly, I th- the New York Giants should be 5-0. and oh. If anyone has watched, watched the first two games in which they lost... They blew two leads to Dallas and Atlanta in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, you can't say they should be 5-0. and But anyone who saw those games knows that the Giants just collapsed and they really should have won those games. But beyond that, I think they're playing tremendous football. Eli Manning is looking great. I can't tell you the last time I've watched, I've watched the Giants do a drive and have been so confident in Eli Manning that I didn't I wasn't worried about what was going to happen. And Sunday night when Eli Manning drove them down the field to win the game, it was unbelievable. He was hitting his spots, he was getting the ball out quick. He didn't look frazzled. He looked he it looked like it was like he'd done this every day of his life. And I think that if Eli Manning gets to playing like that, then the sky's the limit for the Giants because you saw what happened in 2007 and 2011 when Eli Manning got his helmet on right and just went out there and was just chucking the ball, and the Giants won two Super Bowls. I'm not saying that that will happen again, but I think that that's the only way that they have a chance is if Eli Manning is playing like the Eli Manning of old. The new offense, that they, this is their second year under the new offense, and Eli Manning has worked a lot on his release and getting the ball out quickly. We know that if you have a bad offensive line, it doesn't matter how good you are as a quarterback. You're, you can't be throwing the ball if you're on your butt getting tackled every other play. So the, getting the ball out quick helps him avoid the rush and find his stellar receivers like Odell Beckham and Reuben Randall, who really have the ability to blow the top off the of defense. The Philadelphia Eagles are another interesting team in my opinion. They are 2-3 and three, coming off a win over the New Orleans Saints in which their offense finally found some life. But before that, their offense has been a complete disarray. They have lost important pieces over the last few off-seasons. Or maybe not lost, but given away from, the, from what it feels like, really. You have Deshaun Jackson going to Washington, Jeremy Macklin bolting off to Kansas City, LaShawn McCoy being traded to Buffalo, Nick Foles being exchanged for Sam Bradford. Trent Cole is gone now. Harriman's, Mathis. There's just a lot of pieces that you think a team would be very excited to have and should be, but Chip Kelly decided to go in another direction. 
and that so far has led to being ranked 13th in the league in passing yards per game and 22nd in rushing yards per game. And if you have DeMarco Murray and you're ranked 22nd in the league in rushing yards per game, there's something wrong there. You have to feed DeMarco Murray the ball. He is a workhorse. He is a animal. He will get you the yards that you need. And it's true that his, his offensive line in Dallas was a lot better, probably the best in the entire NFL. Did there still... DeMarco Murray is still a talented running back. You can't give that all to the offensive line. He found holes. He ran through people. He ran by people. He is a very talented running back, and Philadelphia signed him to be a very talented running back, but it doesn't seem like they trust him enough to do that, which is interesting considering the contract they gave him and considering the guy that they let go, who I think, LaShawn McCoy, I think, is the perfect skill set for what Philadelphia's offense needs. He's more of the quick-cutting running back that can dive in and out of spots, and DeMarco Murray's not that type of guy, but they made the switch anyway. The DeMarco Murray is only averaging 2.7 yards per carry, and that can be a product of him not being confident in his new system, or that can be the offensive line, which... Chip Kelly let two starters go recently, thinking that it would help the team, because that's how Chip Kelly wants to mold the team. Now, I don't know if you'll be surprised by this prediction at all, but I believe that the Giants will win. I think they'll win by a score of 38-24. to 24. I think this is going to be a high offense game. I think Philadelphia is going to rekindle some of their op- magic that they found against New Orleans. And But I, I think that the Giants are going to be too much for him. I think that Eli Manning's playing too well. I really like how Rashad Jennings has been playing, despite being in a committee back, a backfield by committee. He's been producing big plays. I love Shane Vereen. I even loved him in New England. He was a, He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield, and he can get you those tough yards when you need it. I think... Ultimately, I think the Giants have too many weapons for Philadelphia and will win this game, 38-24. to All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show today. This is a Sporting Chance with your host, Tim Holadic. Join us next week for our weekly NFL preview. Have a good one, everybody.